0: skeptical about custom beauty honestly y'all I totally get it my feed is flooded with customized this and personalized that all promising you know to fix all of our beauty hair and skin problems truthfully I was so skeptical when I saw this brand but I'm a total believer now when pro says custom they actually mean it their products are no gimmicks and your formula couldn't exist without you they asked like
1: Yeah.
0: and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. pros.com slash justbreakup. Sam. What? What do you buy for
1: $5? Um, lattes and <laughs> um, other things. Uh, I rent
0: movies off of Amazon for $5. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: But do you know how long those movies last? So long. No, no, not very long. Just like one listen. Oh, it was like 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but how long did your latte last?
1: Oh, just like one sip. And I like <laughs> chug it immediately <laughs> all the way down.
0: But... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is all lead-in to say, for $5 a month, you can get an extra episode of Just Break Up every week if you subscribe to support us on our Patreon. You can find this at patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. Again, that's a whole extra episode of advice for just $5, which is essentially a 90-minute movie, which could be disappointing, let's face it. So disappointing. Right? Or a latte that Sam apparently drinks in a giant like gulp. <laughs>
1: also disappointing. <laughs> So subscribe to our Patreon. If
0: you want more ill-advised advice from two (laughs) unprofessional fools who love you very much. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra Demolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like unpacking our partner's baggage, sexual apathy and hookup culture... Marijuana (laughs) and learning to love our bodies. (laughs) But first, uh, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing.
0: No, we don't know what we're doing. We haven't been trained in this. We're not professionals. No. We too have been terrible people in relationships. We've dated terrible people. Once I um, was like kind of pseudo dating this person and we got, uh, we had a little too much to drink, went to bed, and I woke up to the sound of like gentle rain. And then I realized he was peeing in his laundry basket. And then I dated him for a couple months after that.
1: Good, good. That wasn't a red flag for you? No.
0: I okay. mean, I was young. So back then I was like red flag colorblind.
1: <laughs> you are like, oh, that's a flag. Pretty.
0: Yeah. I was like, cool, exciting. I'm going to write a poem about it. <laughs> this is all to say we're only here to offer our humble advice, to hopefully shed some understandings and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding and mostly confusing experience that is love. So please take our our advice as you see fit. Amazing. Welcome to episode 23. 23.
1: 23. I'm pretty sure. I could be 100% wrong.
0: Twenty-three, okay. holy moly!
1: Yeah, we've been doing this for a, a long time.
0: Twenty-three was a cool year for me. Was it? Yeah i I won my first book deal.
1: Oh, I know. Damn. Yeah, I was making like sixteen thousand dollars a year in AmeriCorps. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. But you were doing like good things to help the people, you know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. in the world, I was. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um. So our check-in topic for today, Sam, is I was thinking about. This check-in topic is inspired by me remembering how I used to make my Barbies kiss. Mm. You know, like, like flat, like two drumsticks hitting against each other, (laughs) like in a count-off. That's how my Barbies used to kiss. Or they would tilt their heads back and forth. Like in synchronicity. Yeah,
1: are you trying to tell me that's not what kissing is like?
0: (laughs) Do you, do you and Peter just like whack each other in the face with each other's faces? Yeah, either that
1: or we like move our heads back and forth, back and forth,
0: like, um, like the that weird Felix cat clock tail. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's kissing. We're making some pretty good childhood references so far. But so my question is, inspired by Barbie kissing. What were your preconceived notions about, like, romance, dating, marriage, even sex when you were little? Mm-hmm. And you can say, like, the timeline from when you were—when wh- it was from, like, childhood or teen years.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I thought it was between a boy and a girl, always. <laughs>
0: Spoiler! <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that really didn't work out for me. Yeah. Um, I remember once we were watching this movie, and it might have been, like, the first— Sex scene that I had ever seen. Yeah, and it was like it was like a uh, live action version of like Pocahontas or something. Oh God! And at one point, like John Smith and Pocahontas like go into the tent together, and then like she takes her her clothes off, but you don't see anything. Okay. But I was like, oh, before people get married, obviously they have to get naked with each other.
0: Well, ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's the rite of passage that you have to go through before you get married. ah <laughs> it wasn't wrong. I feel like I was just missing some key, yeah yeah yeah, ingredients. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean,
0: like that. I believe that now. Like that's my own true <laughs> autonomous choice mm-hmm. over my body and my relationships. However, it's funny that you got that from that movie.
1: Yeah, um,
0: because it's just such the opposite of what we're taught when we're younger.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I thought um, that you would it. You wouldn't really notice it inside you.
1: <laughs> okay, we're talking about sex. Yeah, we okay, are. got it. Well, you wouldn't was, notice
0: it. Well, I just thought it. It wouldn't. I wouldn't. Whenever I pictured the vagina, I yeah. pictured like a cavernous, like non-feeling thing. When I was little.
1: Oh, got it. You know, mm-hmm. so you just
0: like take it in and out, like you put something in and out of something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's change the subject. Um,
1: <laughs> I also read this book that my parents gave me that was like a children's book about sex.
0: Oh my god! Oh my god! What was it called? I don't it had remember. the terrifying cartoons, yeah. Yes,
1: but there was one part where it was like, they first of all, it doesn't talk about women orgasming at all, but they talked about the man <laughs> never happens, right? It's a myth, y'all. Just kidding. It's um, but they talked about how it feels like a special sneeze, and like,
0: oh, I just wow. don't like.
1: It was very traumatizing for me. I I, was like, I I never want to have sex. That sounds awful. I don't like Like, a month ago, I was at,
0: like, dinner with some friends, and we started talking about, like, learning about sex as children, or, you know, like, about the the body and stuff, and that was... I brought that up and I Googled it. I'll post it. I can't remember the name of it. It was terrifying. I'm sure somebody out there knows what it is, too, because it had, like, cartoons. Yeah. Drawings and...
1: And there were, like, two of them because there was one that was, like, how babies how are made. How babies
0: get made? Is Something that what it's like called? Something like that, yeah. And then yeah. there was another
1: one that was about puberty. Yeah. That, like, talked to you about, like, how your body and was going to change. like,
0: graphic illustrations, y'all. Graphic, yeah. This is what happened when your parents were literally hippies. <laughs> 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 we're in that era. <laughs> anyway, um... It's called "Where Did I Come From." I just remembered it with the help of our producer. "Where Did I Come From?" Y'all, look it up. It's the most terrifying sex education book for children, but probably actually really knowledgeable. Like better than abstinence, you know?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. We're not talking about it.
0: Let's go back to relationships. And I mean,
1: any any sort of talk like where your parents like tell you what sex is is probably going to be like what traumatizing.
0: Yeah, totally. I don't know. If
1: there's a good way to do it.
0: Uh, there's a bad way, which is not. <laughs> Going back to relationships. Um, I thought marriage lasts forever. Oh. Parents got divorced. Whoops. Oh, whoops. Um, I thought it was between man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Everyone in my life is gay. <laughs> um, and let's see. What else? I, I will, I'm will. i going to move into the teen, teen age. Yeah. And say that I had a really... It took me a long time to unpack the notions that I internalized about sex as a teen girl. It took me years to kind of like unravel them, mm-hmm. and some of those notions included like my purpose was to be pretty and desirable, mm-hmm. yeah, and that sex was meant to be about being desirable to men mm-hmm. and not necessarily getting pleasure right um and I think that's just like maybe inherent or like inherent for heteronormativity, but also sex. And it's kind of what porn teaches us, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so I think for the first several years that I was, like, having sex and being in relationships, we were kind of like those Barbie dolls. Just, like, (laughs) I just, like, was, like, whatever. I'm just going to throw my body at you back and forth. Uh (laughs) That's uh, unnecessarily graphic. (laughs) (laughs) But that's definitely what I thought about a lot is just, like, the idea that my worth and my my worthiness as something to be lovable was inherently wrapped up in in my sexuality and my availability for sex and my yeah I don't know yeah I yeah. get that yeah also one time when I was really little me and my sisters used to go and like be babysat by my like older cousins or vice versa like I had a really big family with lots of cousins so mm-hmm. we would all hang out together. Um, when our parents were working and like the oldest one who was 14, who definitely shouldn't have been looking after like eight <laughs> children under 10.
1: Probably not.
0: Yeah. You know, hippies. It was a different time. Yeah. yeah it was <laughs> the 90s.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And so we I remember once one of my older cousins like found a book that her mom was reading that was like an erotica novel mm. of like with a man with like long flowing ha- hair and muscles on the front cover And um, she was reading aloud to all of us like a sex scene from the book. Mm -hmm. And she described like someone like performing oral sex on a woman and was like the book was obviously terribly written. And it was like (laughs) I remember like something like spicy, like the author using the word spicy to describe this woman's genitals. Oh. Like the taste of them. And that confused me for a long time. <laughs> uh, because vaginas don't taste like that. You yeah. know. Or labias, I should say. Um, anyway, that's <laughs> that was my preconception too. Wow, this episode's off to a really it's, uncomfortable yeah, start. That's no, great.
1: Yeah. Uh, No, I feel like in my teens, it was just weird because I was also, like, coming out as gay. Yeah. And so, like, figuring out what my attractions were was really weird. And so, like, everything that I had thought about myself was, like, being dismantled. Yeah. And then I also, like, saw Rocky Horror Picture Show. And for the first time, and was, like, the scene where Brad and, like—
0: And Rocky dressed up as Janet.
1: And, like, start—I was, like— Oh, this is something that I might be into.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. I love that you had your sexual awakening to Rocky Horror, which is the...
1: Gayest thing ever.
0: uh, Absolutely. But I I had a revelation because I was like self-conscious that we were literally just talking about sex when I was like, (laughs) what are your preconceived notions about romance? And we're like, well, this is what pussies taste like. And... (laughs) Anyway, okay. but
1: I had never talked about anyone's pussy tasting like anything.
0: <laughs> I did. I did. It was me. It was like five <laughs> seconds ago. It was me. But what I was gonna say, this is why we have explicit on our iTunes <laughs> yeah. episodes, literally. I'm sorry, everyone out there, especially my mother. Um but uh what was I gonna say? Oh, Romance, something that I I had this preconceived idea from, isn't just the idea that, like, a boy should, like, woo you and then is deserving of sex. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, that, like, I I kind of felt myself in high school, like, um trying to be the ball and chain archetype or, like, the mm-hmm. girlfriend who was simultaneously the cool chick yep. who wanted to go to all the sports games and, like, do whatever they wanted, like— But also that part of the trope of women that I was taught as a young person in love and relationships was to be this nagging or like or that or that like my anger was never valid. It was always me nagging or me being dramatic or needy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you find yourself either. Um going away from that really hard and being like, no, I'm a cool chick. I'm fine with whatever. I totally want to watch you and your friends play Mario Kart for four hours straight. You know, like, yeah, cool, whatever. <laughs> or feeling like, well, I have to be this angry, like, you have to be at my beck and call archetype. I don't know. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's
0: something. I mean, that's the,
1: those are the two things that we're taught that women
0: are. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Either like the, the Chill nagging. Chill or yeah. nagging. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's get into our letters after that very uncomfortable check-in topic. That was my idea, so I'm sorry,
1: everyone. I am not to blame for this. Inspired I just went from, along with it.
0: Inspired by <laughs> Barbies kissing, by moving their heads back and forth.
1: Right. So our first letter is from Leslie F. from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hey,
0: Minneapolis.
1: Hey. Uh, Pronoun she, her. Hey, C- Sam and Sierra. I have been in the most amazing and loved filled relationship for almost two years now. We met on Tinder winky face and have literally been inseparable since our relationship is built on trust love and mutual respect for each other and it has come so naturally to the both of us which i think is why we are so strong together we both struggle with anxiety here and there i'm a hairstylist and most of my anxiety comes from my work and since he's a creative as well he can always guide me through it he on the his on the other hand has a lot to do with his previous relationship Mm. We met only one month after his almost nine-year relationship ended. They started dating at 16 and had stayed together for far too long, in his words. From what I have gathered from him, she was very manipulative and emotionally abusive towards him. She always told him he didn't make enough money, didn't do this or that, wasn't good enough, blah, blah, blah. All he did not, all things he did not deserve to be told, among other things, but that's beside the point. Almost every day when he and I exchange I love you's, he will always ask, are you sure? I know this is one of his biggest anxieties, but it's really beginning to hurt me. I always respond with, of course I love you. I want to marry you, have babies with you, and spend the rest of my life with you. All of this is true. But I'm afraid that since I say it so often, it may not mean as much to him anymore. Mm. I guess what I'm asking is, how do I try to unpack his baggage from his past relationship? I never wanted to press it. Too much, since it has always since it has been a fresh breakup. Since when we started dating, we've been together for so long that I feel it might be too late to ask these types of questions. Also, how do I help him through his anxieties about not being adequate enough or lovable? His words: I love him so much, and I don't want to make him feel any of those things because he is the best thing that has ever happened to me, and I truly want him to know that. I just want you to know that this is a very small part in our strong relationship. I just want to patch it up before it rips wide mm. open. Thank you so much for listening to me wine.
0: That's a great letter, Leslie. And yeah, I loved your last clarification of just making sure that we know that this is a good, true love. That's Absolutely. a healthy relationship. But it's something that you're considering, especially when you're planning to make a future with someone. I think that's really, really great. And guess what? Good things can only get better. It's mm-hmm. okay to critique a good thing because you're just strengthening it. You're, in, you're um, bolstering your relationship. So, uh, f- first off, Leslie, will you please cut my hair? <laughs> you're local. I'm local. You're a hairstylist. I have a head of hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. If, if one good me. things
1: comes out, come <laughs> out of this podcast is that you get a hairstylist.
0: <laughs> yeah. DM me, thanks. Okay. Um, moving forward. Um, okay. So, I think we have the number one piece of advice we have here is? Therapy. Therapy. As always. As always. <laughs> and you guys might be sick of us saying that. Um, but for me, when him him almost always asking you, Are you sure? after mm-hmm. you in this very love filled, trust filled relationship, if he's always, almost always asking you if if you're sure, that shows me that um you're Boyfriend is a wonderful, loving person who has some deep hurt Mm -hmm. and deep sense of self uh, issues, you know, or or self-love issues. Like he is he's if you're thinking about self-love, if you think about self-love as as oxygen, you know, he's really depriving himself. The crucial thing that will allow him to function well in your relationship, not saying your relationship isn't good, but that's that is what I would say a gentle red flag like. Again, I believe in your love. I think this relationship is good. But him constantly asking you for that tells me that he's hurting Mm -hmm. still um, because people have a big impact on us. And unfortunately, especially when we date young, um, it can take a while to unpack some of the stuff we were taught when we were younger.
1: Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, everyone deals with insecurities for sure. And I think that everyone— enjoys well maybe not everyone but I think that a lot of people really enjoy looking to their partner for a little bit of validation too so I think it's totally healthy for someone to be like someone says I love you and you say yeah but why or like you know what I mean or just to say totally. like are you sure because like here's all these things that I'm like really not feeling great about and yeah. to have someone say like no I love that about you and I love this and I love this sometimes And I sometimes we with need you.
0: to hear it twice
1: right absolutely um and so I think that it's you know that's why, to me, this isn't a huge red flag. I yeah. think that this is just sort of I wonder of like, if we
0: can come up with, like, an inside joke or, like, podcast lingo for, like, a gentle red yeah. flag. <laughs> like, meaning, um, just, again, Leslie, the way you stress that this is a good relationship, but you know that this is worth working on. Yep. Um, uh, what I'm thinking is... How how long do you want him to go through life like thinking he's not good enough? Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Um, and we're going to give you some tools um, and talk about some ways that you can help him through this process. But it, it can't be all you. Mm-hmm. It just can't because that's that's when it will become unsustainable and his whole sense of self worth will be dependent on you. Which, like Sam said, and I love you said, th- I love that you said this. That's okay. Like we. We deal with insecurities all the time. Mm-hmm. All of us do. The most beautiful person you've ever seen thinks that they're ugly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So um, I think one thing you need to stress with your lovely partner is that he can forgive himself for the relationship that didn't work. Yep. And he can recognize that it's not that he was a bad person or didn't make it work or he what? it's not that he wasn't enough for his ex-girlfriend who would, who sounds like she was kind of really hard on him. Mm -hmm. It's that they weren't suited for each other. It's not a lacking, it's just a mismatched. And he was going through all of that and shaping his whole life, all those years to be ready to love you really well.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, there's an opportunity for you to uh, talk to him about this also when he asks you that question, right? Instead of just immediately saying, I love you so much. I want to have your babies and hear all of the reasons. Instead say, you know, just a firm yes. Is that, is that all he needs in that moment to say? Yes, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. Right. Right. And then that becomes less of a, a burden on you to sort of take the emotional weight of that insecurity onto yourself and then just instead just say like, Yes, absolutely. I, I do love you, and, and you know that, right? And if,
0: and if you think that he could... Um, it makes me think of the attachment styles that you talked about a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago. Yep. Um, that maybe if Leslie doesn't answer with gratuitous reassurance, it mm-hmm. will trigger his abandonment or sense of um, self, you know, to feel shitty about himself. So if you feel like you can do this... Um, If you have like the time and space to potentially unpack what might be open from this, I also would say, Leslie, you could say, yes, I do love you. What makes you question it the first time?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking it too. Yeah. Can you have that conversation to say, like, of course, I love you. What about like what about our relationship makes you think that? I don't or makes right. you question it when I say this to you. Right,
0: right. And you can say that in a loving way. You can. Yeah. I think that people assume any confrontation or anything that goes that um, like veers off the script of love and goodness and comfort mm-hmm. is negative. But this confrontation can be really gentle. Like, baby, you know, I love you. We're in it together. Right. Sometimes I feel like you don't trust me. When I say I love you, like, yep. haven't I, have I not earned your trust? Am yep. I not good to you? You know, I love you so much and I'm committed to this future. Um, I, I want to talk with you about how it's, how maybe why it's, it's hard for you to accept my love or mm-hmm. trust my love, yep. you know? And he, again, he might not be the type of person who wants to go to th- to therapy you might not have the right resources um, and I understand all of that I just I, I do think that people need spaces to unpack some traumas from their earlier life and I sure as shit was shaped by my high school relationship I was shaped sexually romantically and as a, like a person and a woman in the world yeah that relationship that very first relationship sh- shaped the hell out of me and we were only together for like two years right um, and so this was obviously like a big part of who he was
1: Absolutely. But I do think I think that having the conversation up with him about that will be helpful in unpacking it. You know, maybe it's just it could be that he is just doing it now out of habit and totally. he doesn't need it. But he yeah. just likes to hear you say it. Right. Yeah. So having the conversation about how it makes you feel, I think, will help sort of put that into light for, and for I him think as well.
0: Maybe the last thing I'll say is he has to do the work, Leslie. Like, you can be a really warm, supported, supportive, helpful partner yep. who helps him unpack his baggage, but it's his suitcases to carry. Yeah. He has to put the shit away. You can help him open the suitcases. Let's go with this metaphor. Love it. Thanks. Um, you can help him open it. You can ha- help him have these revelations about yep. why he has these trust issues or this these the lack of self-respect. But he has to put the shit away. Mm-hmm. Like he has to put the clothes on the hanger and the toothbrush back in the whatever baggage sure. metaphor. Um, so he has to, however comforting and sweet and thoughtful you can be, he has to know somehow how to hear I love you when you say I love you.
1: Yep and i think that's what what also concerns me about the the way that you wrote the letter is just the um that when he says are you sure you know it it places this burden on you that you that and i'm reading into this so this could be totally wrong but that you feel like you haven't adequately expressed your love to him and it sounds
0: like you have
1: and it sounds like, yeah i don't think anything could be further from the truth so what i want for you is to be able to trust yourself enough to show that to know that you have shown him the love That you feel towards him and that sometimes he might need a little reassurance, but you don't have to do that for him every single time.
0: Right. Something that I have done in past relationships, both romantic and non, like when my anxiety is going, my brain can run a million miles a minute and it can be really paranoid. My brain can really... Um, I don't like being a jealous person. I don't like being an insecure person, but when my anxiety is high or when shit is hitting the fan, I can, I need so much from my loved ones. Mm -hmm. I really need them to say, I love you. I think you're beautiful. I'm not going anywhere. I I need that clarity. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that I can't always depend on them Mm -hmm. to like put the fires out that I need to trust that they're there. They're not going to leave me. They love me. Etc. Um, and so what I've kind of done is I've given myself scripts to like talk myself out of that paranoia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And something silly that I did once was I had like a, I I told my partner um, like a shortcut word where I was like, <laughs> listen, I said, whenever I'm feeling whenever I'm acting um, like maybe I'm anxious or paranoid or I need extra Um, love, but you recognize it's coming from stress, you can just say this one word, you know, or you can just Mm -hmm. say I got you. We're in this together. Right? And instantly I'm reminded I have to do work to unpack this irrational anxiety and I'm going to do that work for my loved one because they love me. Mm -hmm. Right? And so maybe Leslie, you can think, uh, you can talk about this with your boyfriend. Like, is there a way that he can trigger himself to unpack this shit? Mm -hmm. You know? Um... Even if it's just like every time he says, you say, I love you. And he says, are you sure? And you look him dead in the eye and you say pineapple. (laughs) And from that word, he knows instantly Uh everything he needs to know. I mean, it could be any word in the world. Um, But uh, that one word does the work of of the big conversation that you're going to bring to him.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: That might have been a weird piece of advice, but.
1: I think it's great. (laughs) And I I think that a lot of us do that without the the specific word right? right but like just from being in relationship when the person looks at you and says like it's good we're fine yeah that's and you're like okay yeah okay yeah yeah
0: totally all right leslie i hope this gives you some um support and good insight we love you we love your good true love
1: absolutely um
0: and we want your boyfriend to love himself absolutely. and feel worthy of your fantastic love yes and let me know about that haircut <laughs> <laughs>
1: Use the middle person. Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do.
0: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Up next, we have a letter from Sarah Martins, who's writing to us from Vermont. Sarah writes... Hi, first of all, thank you so much for all that you do. I love the podcast and both of you. I'm a second-year college student wondering about love. In high school, I was in one fairly unhealthy relationship for three years and then immediately entered another long relationship. My freshman year of college, I was single for the first time in a long time, and it was amazing. I made close, deeply loving friendships, dove into academics, activities, and activism, and enjoyed being seen by myself and others as my own. I was fairly active in hookup culture, which was a mixed bag. I have a lot of guilt about the aftermath of my first relationship. My ex-boyfriend struggled with depression, and very soon after we broke up, his mental health got much worse. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia, dropped out of high school, and has been in and out of mental health facilities ever since. I think this is part of the reason that I have a lot of random sex. Recently, I've been struggling to end things with a friend slash hookup buddy who all my friends tell me is toxic, but I still struggle to cut him off. Even when I do hook up with people that are cool, I often end up feeling sort of empty and missing the trust and intimacy of relationships. The one person from last year that I had a good hookup experience with is my best friend. We hooked up a few times at the beginning of last year, but decided to stop because we are best friends and didn't want it to mess with our relationship. Since then, we have continued being incredibly close. We tell each other everything and have so much fun together. I've had feelings for him pretty much ever since we met, but I try to bury them because we are friends and usually both with other people. However, he just broke up with his last girlfriend, and I just can't stop thinking about what it would be like if we were together. I don't feel—I don't think he feels the same way. I guess I have a few questions. Should I be authentic and tell him how I feel and risk rejection or making our friendship weird? Should I have— Should I keep having random hookups, even though they sometimes leave me feeling sad and missing being in a relationship? Should I look for a relationship, even though I really love the freedom and deep friendships that have come from being single? Should I just chill out? LOL. (laughs) Any advice and insight you could give me would be awesome. Sarah, what a sweet letter. Um, I relate to it a lot.
1: (laughs) No, I was like, I love this letter because I was like... This is exactly what I was like when I, I was know, 20 years I old. Know. And, I know, I know. I was like, I want to
0: make out with everyone, but it makes me really lonely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm in love with my best friend. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. Um, okay, so, um, yeah, okay, let's talk about hookups first, and yeah. then we'll talk about the um, potential friend. Okay. Or do you want to do the other way around? That's fine. Okay, hookups first. Um, was there ever a time that you didn't like... Having casual
1: sex. Or yes. Is that I mean, a, that's a
0: really <laughs> weird question to ask you, but I love um, being able to put you on the spot.
1: I think that, like, it was fun. It was most fun when it was, like, a novel thing that was happening. It where was, I was new. Like, oh, I can just have sex with people, and it's great <laughs> and fun. I wish that
0: was a gif of you right? just, like, busting out of your apartment. Like oh, I can
1: do this. <laughs> right. Um,
0: mine would more be like looking at the mirror, like pointedly, like you can do this.
1: <laughs> Accurate. Um, and I think like the fun of like being able to, or like the validation of being able to like see that person across the room at the party and be like, Ooh, that person is sexy. And then like make it happen. Like Stop all at about once. Me, Sam. It's like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just kidding. It we didn't meet at the party. <laughs> yeah. I was the one that was, like, awkwardly waving by accident. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um,
1: But then it got tired. I was, like, done with it.
0: Yeah. Sarah, I think what we're trying to say is that hookup culture um, or casual sex is awesome. But it can also be really draining and exhausting. And um, I think... What your body and heart is telling you, making you feel like a little apathetic about it or lonely. It's trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. And I think my first piece of advice is it's okay to listen to your heart Mm -hmm. and what your body is telling you, which is to me, maybe you want to take a break from casual sex. Transparent moment. I there was a point in my life where I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore (laughs) because it makes me lonely.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Because it made me feel more isolated and more alone than not. That, yeah. Like sleeping with somebody, having mediocre s- sex with somebody and sleeping beside that person, like yep. didn't bring me the comfort that I, that my soul wanted, really. That yeah. sounds cliche AF, but.
1: But I think it's super real. I think that like, for a, for me, a lo- for a long time, that casual sex and like, or like, meeting people random people like filled the validation that I needed right and then uh realized that that wasn't great validation and that it was fleeting and that it wasn't the thing that I needed in order to feel good about myself it
0: was more of a distraction right or I think in my case it was like there was a lot of validation in people being interested in me but then there came a tipping point where I was like I don't need you to be interested in me Yeah,
1: yeah exactly yeah. And then it was like, oh, the, the only person that can really give me the validation I need is myself and so. Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> you are very helpful in that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think uh, and also backing up before I say this to Sarah, to anybody out there who has a ton of casual sex, like, keep on keeping on do whatever you want for people out there who are like oh my god sam and sierra are the thoughtiest thoughts i've ever (laughs) heard talk through my headphones ever (laughs) then you know live and let live (laughs) you don't know what we did don't judge us right um we're, we're we're describing our youth in very broad strokes here yes um but sarah for me one, don't feel guilty about it. Mm-mm. Let it go. The people you slept with or fooled around with or even entertained the thought of, like, being intimate with, they're they not on you right now. Right. The, the people we sleep with don't physically stay with us. No. Right? And they don't define who we are. They don't define our merit or our worth. And you are your own independent, wonderful, full person as is right now, yep. regardless of how many people you have or have not slept with. But I will say listening to your intuition, listening to your heart, what your heart truly wants is a muscle we have to exercise. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, it sounds like your your heart is trying to tell you like that you don't want to have casual sex right now. Yeah. You love being single, but um maybe being single doesn't entail having um relationshipless sex. Right.
1: And it sounds like you've got a lot of stuff going for you. Outside of,
0: I love how much you talk about your friendships. Yeah, I love your that.
1: friendships, your academics, your activism. Like it sounds like you're you're doing awesome things and meeting great people. Um, and so, if you feel like you don't really want to do it anymore, and it's leaving you sort of exhausted or empty, like yeah. you don't have to do it. But if you want to keep doing it,
0: yeah. And I would say, like maybe if you, because um, also that's fun. You're right. There's something fun about being single and. Open to the world of possibilities mm-hmm. right yep. so maybe Sarah it's it's not like you're like oh I'm not having sex for this year or whatever but maybe instead it's like you could make up like a checklist <laughs> or you could make up like a set of circumstances that has to happen or yeah or you have to um, it's kind of like the the shopping rule where you're like oh I'm not gonna buy it today but if I'm still thinking about it from a week and that a week from now there I'm gonna go. go back and buy it. <laughs> So buy those fucking shoes, girl, if you're still thinking about them later. <laughs> um, I always like to give my mind like a little like little gymnastic tricks to do to get it to do, yeah. you know, to think clearly. Just yep. like in our last letter, like I I had to like give myself the trigger to do the right mental work. Um, the same thing is about having sex. Like if it feels right, if it if if he if he or she or they check off all the right boxes for you. Um, then Godspeed. Like, you are single. Have a good time. But yep. it does sound like your heart is wanting something different. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, And then the other thing, is so it's the question of, like, should I keep having random sex or should I find a relationship? And I just want to tell you that there is an in-between there mm-hmm. Um, that's a great place to be.
0: Yeah, it's called Cinnabon. <laughs> just kidding.
1: <laughs> uh, you
0: didn't see that coming, did you? No, I didn't.
1: Um, And so, like, you can choose to not have random sex and still choose to not be in a relationship yeah. like that is also fine. Yeah. So I, um, I feel like when you are in college and like and 20 years old, like every decision that you make feels like it has so much weight. You're like, this is this is how I'm deciding to to be for the rest of my life. Um, And yeah, I can tell you right real. now that like you can choose to not choose at this point. Yeah. Like, you can just live your life in a way that feels authentic to you. Um, without having to say, I'm going to be a relationship person or a hookup person. Yeah, you can totally. just be like a person that maybe sometimes hooks up with people, sometimes tries to do a relationship and then just like figure out what fits.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that a little too, because I, I I totally agree that during that time of your life, not just because of college um or like college-aged mm-hmm. activities, it's also that all of a sudden you're like oh shit i'm not a kid anymore yeah this is is this who i am like i'm out here in the adult world um and all of my actions have consequences
1: yeah and it feels like you're either doing it right or you're like making mistakes
0: right and that's just not real <laughs> i mean like i do want to say to my 23 year old self like those parking tickets are real and your car is going to get fucking towed <laughs> but in terms of like you're you're life, your trajectory, and most importantly, like, your soul and your heart and who, who what makes you up is a lot more fluid and um, less rigid than I think we think it is, yep. right? Absolutely. Um, so, fuck how many people you want or as little people as you want. You are exactly who you are today, whoever you want to be today, and tomorrow you can be somebody else.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the friend. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Um. Well, I think... <laughs> I think, one, if she thinks, if Sarah, if you think that um, you, it's kind of like the shopping rule, right? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Like, she's thought about the shoes for a long time. She even tried them on a couple times. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like a tattoo. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, And now she's thinking about it still. Sarah, I would just say, I'd say go for it. Mm -hmm. I'd say tell them how you feel. If you sit in your, if you sit with yourself and you think in your heart. Um, I'm okay if our relationship changes. Yep. And I definitely want a relationship with this person, not just a relationship in general.
1: Ooh, good one. Thanks. Yeah. Ah. That's real, though. Oh, man. <laughs> right? Do I So wanna... many relationships I had because I just wanted to be in a relationship. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many
0: relationships I had just because I wanted somewhere to go during Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then this year I went to your house. <laughs>
1: That's right. Oh, are we in a relationship
0: now? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, great. A loving podcast relationship
1: amazing we are co-parents yeah of your dog
0: yeah totally (laughs) oh my god i bought her a child size down zip up down vest today from a thrift store it's leopard print it fits her like a glove you'll see it tomorrow
1: okay that's good because she's always cold
0: i know anyway (laughs) and gentle um so that's my thing is like sarah do you want to be in a relationship do you want to be in a relationship with this person do you want to stay single yep Pick one of those three. Yep. And go forward with confidence. Yes. Baby girl.
1: And I also think it's sort of hard to have been in like a a sexual relationship and then cut it off too because yeah, then like really the, forb- the, forbidden, the forbidden fruit thing comes into play where you're like, do I want it just because I can't have it and I'd had it before?
0: Yeah. That's harder for me when I haven't had sex with someone, you know, because I haven't had the opportunity to be wildly disappointed. <laughs>
1: Um, so, I'm so sorry, your sex life has just been.
0: No, no. Th- for as much good sex I've had, I've. No, no. For as much bad sex that I've had, I've also had good sex. Okay, good. But um, the peaks and valleys, my friend. <laughs> Real confusing. Um, okay. But so, I say
1: if you have feelings for him and you feel confident in those feelings, go for it because like it's better than just sitting on it and wanting it to happen and, and not y- being able to do anything about it. Like, Sarah, pining you... is, yeah, is not a fun no, place to be.
0: No, it's not a good look and it doesn't feel good. No. Um, And it's not true to yourself. And also, the last thing I want to stress is, Sarah, you said you have a great relationship with this friend. You tell each other everything. And if you have the intimate, respect-filled relationship that you tell us, that your relationship should be able to bounce back. Yeah. If you tell him and he says that he isn't interested in a romantic relationship with you. Yep. Yeah? Great. Cool. We love you. Good luck.
1: Thank you for writing. So our next letter comes from another Sarah. <gasps> Crazy. Uh, Sarah's writing from Colorado. Hey, you guys, I'm 28 and I've been dating my boyfriend since I was 22. When we met, the thing I liked most about him was how mature and responsible he was. Unlike other college guys, he didn't constantly party, do drugs, or sleep around. Well, he graduated from grad school last spring and has been unemployed ever since while he hunts for a job. He made a few friends at a grad school internship, and they moved in together. Since then, he started smoking pot multiple times a day, drinking and going out four or five times a week, and has even dabbled in illegal drugs with his friends at parties and concerts. I told him I wasn't comfortable with these things. I also socially drink and smoke marijuana, so it's not like I was asking him to quit. I just explained I was uncomfortable with how frequently he was doing it. He said he never really had that college experience. It was summer, and he was just relaxing before he found his job. So I tried to let go and let him have fun. Well, now it's November, and he has a full-time job, and it is still going on. Anytime I bring it up, he gets angry. He said going out and using marijuana helps with his anxiety and depression, and he plans to continue even if I don't like it. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'm being a stick in the mud, but I'm just not comfortable with it. This isn't who I signed up to be in a relationship with five years ago. I'm almost 30. I have a serious career, and I want to settle down with this man in the next few years. I don't know what to do. I don't want to give him an ultimatum, but I can't imagine myself just suddenly being okay with this new behavior and friends. What should I do? Should I just let it go?
0: <sighs> Great question. Yeah. Um, okay, so a couple things, Sarah. Um... Let's just muse, Sam, about the idea of this isn't who I signed up to be with. Mm -hmm. Because I I think that's simultaneously a really common ideology Mm -hmm. and a really fair one, you know, Um, but is also complicated because of the nature of humans and partnership and change. Do you know what I mean? So, like, Sarah, I don't think you're wrong for thinking that. Um, or saying that or writing that, I think is really fair, and it's actually it it brings me joy that you're kind of like, hey, I'm checking in with what I need yeah. in this relationship, and this isn't what I signed up for. I'm not mm-hmm. going to mother you, right? Right? Yep. Um, but at the same time, is there something to be said that like people to be in a and re- I'm just like spitballing right now. Is there is there something to be said that like People are always going to change and to go into a partnership, not anticipating that. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. Right. Like, I think that we we always need to understand that our partners are going to change and that yeah. they're going to grow and they're going to do new things and have different experiences and make different friends and and all of that. Um, but I do think that there is sort of something that is like, well, are we growing together or are we growing in different ways. Yeah. And taking stock of that I think is is really important. And it sounds like you have some things that you want, which is like stability and settling down, Right. And not going out and partying every night and um, sort of making that life together. And if he's not at that point, then you have to make the decision of, OK, uh, do I. Wait for him to get there, which is often not a great idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But if your love is good, you know, it might be worth that. Or is it time to say, like, we want different things at this point in our life and I need to find someone or I need to make for myself the things that I want to see.
0: Right. I would say, Sarah, um, something that would be really important is, like, take the afternoon for yourself. Like, go away, get some private time Yep. or talk with a dear friend and figure out what your tipping points are Mm -hmm. and what you're willing to give. And it has to be pretty specific. Like, I would say, like, okay, um, I love you. I want to build with you. I'm committed to our relationship. But can you limit your drinking to two nights a week mm-hmm. or three nights a week if, or, like, where, wherever your thing is? And can you limit your um, pot smoking to the evenings two nights a week or three nights? You know, like, what is yeah. what is the limitations? What are you re- What are you willing to compromise on? Because right. you have time invested in this relationship. It's obviously someone you love and care about. You guys have been through a lot, and um, this isn't a total deal breaker. You you just have to kind of figure out what you're willing to give.
1: But also at the same time, too, like this has clearly become an issue. The, f- the focal point of yes. the problems of the relationship. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah.
0: That's a great point.
1: Like in that. Um, and I think that that makes it really hard to actually talk about it in a real way. Because I think that right now, it's a symbolic fight. Yes. It's not actually about the drinking and the marijuana use. It's about the fact that you want different things out of your relationships right now. And you haven't figured out how to reconcile those two oh things.
0: God. A million points to <laughs> Gryffindor or Blackwell or whatever.
1: I'm a Ravenclaw oh. with Slytherin Rising. Oh,
0: God. I forgot about that. <laughs> um. Okay. So... Yes, that's so real.
1: Right. And so I think what the real problem here that you two need to talk about is what you want out of this relationship and whether those two things are compatible.
0: But I also think a lot of times that sometimes like drug and alcohol use in our minds culturally, like when I was little, going back to our checking topic, mm-hmm. I thought that people who drank alcohol mm-hmm. were yep. bad people. Yep. Um. This is like little, little, yep. you know. And I didn't see people who did drugs as people who should be parents. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a really little indoctrinated thing from my family. Yep. Um, the hippies, I should add. <laughs> like, What the fuck were they talking about? Um, but I, I so I do. I totally 100 percent agree with you, but I'll add in like I'll be an idiot troll on the comment section to be the devil's advocate. Oh,
1: great. <laughs> I know. I'd love i love you. Know.
0: <laughs> um, but like, is there a world in which um, we are, um, are we not equating drugs and alcohol, alcohol with parenting? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So? Or like stability? Like, yeah, it is possible to enjoy beverages occasionally yep. and enjoy drugs occasionally you know Absolutely. and be a responsible homeowner and employee and parent yes you know what as i say this out loud i don't care too much about that argument to continue it <laughs> <laughs> like just get your shit together be a good parent be a good partner yeah and um like carry your weight
1: yeah and so i mean i think that there is like a
0: <laughs> i hated the devil's advocate <laughs> argument that i brought up <laughs>
1: Um, I feel like most devil's advocates do. Yeah,
0: they just hate themselves. Um,
1: And I think that that's so I think it is right to be like question our bias about alcohol use and about the use of marijuana and other drugs. Because like there's definitely a stigma attached to that. And I think that people are like weird about it. But I also think like it's clear that this is impacting their life and their relationships. And like that's where it comes down to it. Um, And again, like he it's. Totally possible. And I think he's doing it like it's totally possible for him to be functioning while also going out three nights a week and smoking pot like every night when he gets home. Right. But is that what you want Not. in your life? Is that the life that you want to live? Right. And I don't think that is what is that, happening here. Yeah.
0: And and that's where the actual compromise comes in. Like the tangible what is what am I willing to give and take, Yep. Uh, Sarah, which is you can say, honey, I'm willing to to compromise because I love you and I think we should meet each other in the middle. So I'm willing to compromise this far outside of my right. comfort. Yep. I'd rather you never drink or what or I'd rather you just drink on occasion. Yep. But I'm willing to say, can you limit your drinking to one, two times a week? Yep. And then he'll say, Well, I want to drink five nights a week, but I can I'll limit it to three or something like that. Like yep. is there is there a tangible way that and and why I keep saying tangible is that I think it's important that both of you see each other working for each other, mm-hmm. like that. There's a there's an actual give and take from both of you. That's that's yep. Um, that's there. That's real
1: for sure. But yes, and I've also I've also been in relationships where like the person's drinking and going out was like such a horrible burden to me all the time because it was like it was either we were out drinking, or I was home alone by myself right. while he was out drinking. Right. And, like, that was not a fun place to be. So, no. like, I empathize with you that this isn't this isn't something that I think is sustainable for you because this isn't what you want out of right. it. So, like, either needs to come to the table or it needs to be, you know.
0: Build the bridge a, together.
1: Yes. Right? There is yep. a
0: bridge to your future. But I'll say this. Just because you've been together for five years and you're maybe in your later 20s, 30s, I can't remember. Or you are ready? Yep. Okay, later 20s and you're ready to settle down. Just because you put these five years in doesn't mean it's not worth leaving. Yes. Because just because you've dug that well and you're digging and digging and digging and looking for water and the water's not there, it doesn't mean you can't climb out and start again with someone else.
1: Absolutely. Like the effort
0: put in, the years put in doesn't justify staying in something you're unhappy in. Yes. However— we think it can work if he's willing to compromise and work with you.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Again, your job is not to mother your partner. Great. We love you, Sarah. Good luck. Thank you. Our last letter is from Raquel A., who is writing to us from Minneapolis. Oh, my goodness. So many
1: Minneapolis. Do we say that? Yeah. We do. Yeah, that's the demonym for The Minneapolis. what?
0: The what? The demonym? Yeah. That's a word? Uh-huh. It sounds like the scary creature on Stranger Things.
1: Yes, the demagogue. Demogorg. Yeah,
0: yeah. demon. So demonin, that's what is that word? Uh, is it like a type of denim <laughs> a <laughs> denim suit? So, what,
1: the definition, like the roots. Yeah, what of is it? it?
0: What does it mean? Like the, the city name? Oh, I've never the, heard the word before. It's the
1: name of the of the person that like the, 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 yeah, the, the word the that describes the person that lives in that area. So like an American is like a person that lives in America. That, Got it. The demonym of America is American.
0: You're so smart.
1: So it's <clears throat> Minneapolis and St. Paulites.
0: That sounds like a beer. Doesn't it? Okay. Um <laughs> Raquel writes, Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and Sierra, I've been a longtime fan of your poetry as it has immensely inspired and impacted my own writing. Thank you so much. I am a female college student in Minneapolis, and I wanted to talk about my struggles to accept and allow myself to love. I'm 20 years old and have never been in a relationship, nor have been sexual in the past besides a kiss from a stranger. I crave love, want love, and have desires to pursue relationships with others, but I cannot get past the shame and disgust I have for my own body and self. Every time someone has shown me even the slightest interest— I cannot even fathom the fact that someone could ever think I was attractive or worthy of loving, and as an immediate result, I avoid them. I've been lucky enough to have a loving childhood without a lot of trauma, so I cannot understand why I carry so much shame and fear associated with being vulnerable with someone and getting in a romantic relationship. I think that I sabotage myself too, because every time I say I want to date people, I detract from actually following through with anyone. There are pieces of me that struggle with figuring out my own sexuality, so at times I wonder if these unresolved conflicts are what is causing me to be so reserved. I have identified as straight my whole life, but lately I've been questioning if I am bisexual. I guess the question I have is, How can I move past my own shame and insecurities related to being sexual and romantically intimate with other people? I know that I deserve to be loved and to give love, but I am so afraid. I'm so, so afraid of getting hurt or being judged by my body or revealing the most intimate parts of myself and having them exploited and judged or laughed at, especially because I'm so inexperienced for my age." I know so many of your questions are related to people in relationships, but I thought I would still ask about how to enter into one in a healthy and confident way. Mm-hmm. Love you both. Thank you for listening. Uh-oh. I know. What a, such a wonderful letter.
1: letter, Raquel. Yeah. I think we picked this because Sierra and I have both felt this feeling that you're feeling.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Of shame and insecurity about our bodies and our ability to be good partners and, and, be uh romantic with people
0: yeah um i want to start with a little story Mm -hmm. um something that i immediately thought about when i read your letter raquel um and this is like my best stories totally random (laughs) and involves me naked in public (laughs) Ooh, i love this (laughs) just kidding but not um And I'm not telling you to do this. I just wanted to share, like, a little bit of my history. Um, I, too, have always struggled with um, uh, loving my body, being ashamed of what my body does, thinking that I'm not good enough physically, and thinking that whatever people see— in me is a facade that I'm putting on. Like mm. if they could just see me naked or if yeah. they could just see me on my worst days or no makeup or God forbid they see me unshowered or in the wrong position or in the wrong you know, like yep. um and that's just the beginning of it. that that's just the the tip of the iceberg of what our inner monologue tells us when we've been taught by culture and and, and others to to hate our bodies and be ashamed of ourselves forever. Mm-hmm. To be simultaneously a sexual, beautiful being while being a human reserved and, um, you know, it's a complicated identity to be to grow up a woman in this world, in Absolutely. this culture. Yeah. But so something that was really transformative to me was showering in the public gym at uh, the public showers at my gym. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going to college, I was like twenty. Um twenty-three and the year I met you, Sam. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was feeling really unattractive and unwanted. It was winter time. Everybody's like um least fashionable time of the oh, yeah, year. Yeah, we're just
1: like big bundled masses. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And um I went to the gym after a class once, not even to work out, <laughs> let's be clear. It was to sit in the sauna because it's freezing in Minneapolis. <laughs> And um, I got out of the sauna where it's all like cloudy and nobody can see anything. And I decided for some unknown reason to take a shower in this public shower space where like there are multiple shower heads mm-hmm. in this big, um I don't know, rectangular tile room. And I dropped my towel and just like looked around and started showering. And it sounds weird, but when I think about self-love and when I think about my journey to like loving and accepting my body and accepting the fact that like everyone shits their pants and, <laughs> and um is different and, and special in their own way. I learned a lot of that showering at this gym because mm-hmm. I would shower. And not only would I be like showering off the sweat of my day, the stress, the anxiety, I would be literally like what, like washing myself new again, but I would look around at all these women who were all different ages and because it was also a community gym attached to my campus and they, all different ages, all different sizes. And it sounds so cliche to say this, but it was so healing to think, damn, everyone looks different. Mm. No one looks the way I thought they did, Mm. you know? And um, yeah, maybe this is a weird thing to start with. (laughs) But Raquel, I instantly thought of it in terms of, I think a lot of sh- shame can't live in the dark. Or, no, excuse me, in the light. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Excellent opportunity for a quote if you didn't fuck it up, Sierra.
1: That's great. This That'll is be live, the, episode, people. <laughs> the episode title. Yeah. Shame can't live in the dark. I mean, the light. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, shame can't live in the light, like meaning my shame about my body, what I thought was wrong with it, you know, uh, the bumps and indents and pimples and Mm -hmm. hairs and everything that I can hide in an Instagram filter, what I thought made me unattractive and unlike everyone else just made me just like them, you Mm -hmm. know, that we were all so different. And it, it sounds to me that you have some deep, um, rooted shame about what you think is good enough like that you are that you were born lacking instead yep. of born whole. Yep. And the reality is culture teaches us that. The makeup industry teaches us that. Yep. Um fashion, uh patriarchy, racism teaches us to feel less than. And yep. and you said it in your letter even that you know that you are worthy and that like everybody deserves love and yada yada yada, but it's just true. Like these this cliche this cliche shit like is true it comes from somewhere um that we that there are people making billions of dollars off you hating yourself Mm. not to mention you avoiding or denying yourself the love and approval affection and joy of of someone else absolutely
1: yeah i mean it's like that ask Polly quote that i carry around in my wallet which says you will think that you are the most fucked up don't believe that for a second. Yeah. It's because each of us walks around this world with shame and with this understanding that everyone else has it more together than we do. Everyone else has a better body or yeah. everyone else is better at sex or better at romance than we are. And that's absolutely not true. We are all struggling with this like crazy thing called love and acceptance and romance. Right. And we're all just trying to get it done. Totally. Right. And so um, I just want you to. Raquel, to know that you are also part of this wonderful human experience of trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing. It is what makes you human. It's what makes you lovable. It's what makes you a wonderful, wonderful person. And so you you are just figuring it out. Like, right. But so are we all. Right. Every single day. I am in a married committed relationship and every single day I am still figuring out what it means to be with someone, right, to support them, to have good sex with him. Like we're just always trying totally. to figure it out. So it's it's never that you're gonna suddenly arrive at a point where you are perfect, where you are good enough to deserve this, where you are you are finally able to try this, right? Right. You just got to start trying.
0: And let me connect it to our check-in topic, actually. Yeah. Something that I assumed about sex when I was younger is that I had to—that it was going to be neat and clean and beautiful, and I was going to look like the most luscious (laughs) fucking sex pot doll. And that, like, every time I moved, it would be like— oh, my God, her hair is, like, blowing in the wind and, yes. you know, like— Dream. Yeah, and her nipples are constantly perky. Yeah. And, like, you know, her body never makes, you know, unappealing or ungraceful sounds, <laughs> you know? <laughs> when in reality, Raquel, like, I think something that was actually really transformative for me to realize is yeah. that, like— I am not put on this earth specifically like my body is not here to be like a shiny platter or like um, I'm not I'm not like a beautiful feast to um, for someone to enjoy or consume visually or physically or whatever. My body is here to shit and piss and fuck and come and bleed and trip and bruise and scab and break and love and love and love and love. Yep. And my and and everything I just described isn't as graceful as everything in the world describes it to be. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so We're saying, I I think you know this, Raquel, I think you know this in your heart of hearts, but it's really sitting yourself down, looking in that damn mirror and saying like, I am a beautiful mess and so is everybody else. (laughs) Nobody knows what they're doing and it's going to be a great time figuring it out with
1: someone. Absolutely. And I think that's what Sierra and I want to say to you, Raquel, is we want to invite you into this sticky mess, mess, right? This like gross morass of like just trying to figure things out because that- is where life is yeah. like that is where experience happens that's where you find love where you find friendship by just trying by just putting right. yourself out there and accepting the fact that you can never be perfect but at the very least you can try
0: right and if anyone judges you for being quote unquote inexperienced we'll kill
1: them <laughs> just kidding
0: <laughs> you, woo you surprised me with that one <laughs> woo <laughs> What I was going to say is, we'll key their car. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, not that either. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the one that normally, like, threatens violence. (laughs)
1: Uh, I know.
0: What I was going to say is, uh, if anybody judges you for where you are in this figuring out mess pot stew that we're in, then they don't deserve you. Absolutely. Then you have not met your person and you can move on and save your time for someone else. Absolutely. Um, We love you.
1: We do. We and love we you hope very you have much.
0: a really warm, successful, love-filled, mess-filled winter in Minnesota.
1: Absolutely. All right. So that's the end of our episode. But every episode, we shout out something that we want to send you home with. We call it The Blind Date. This week, we would like to set you up with...
0: Bunny Michael. Bunny Michael is an Instagram account slash person that I am super into. And they are the author of Me and My Higher Self, basically what (laughs) Bunny does. um, Bunny does, like, a lot of um, self-help type of art, Mm -hmm. but they are an independent queer artist, um, and they do these super charming memes. I'm not sure if it's for everyone, but I'm super obsessed with them. They take photos of themselves in two different positions, Mm -hmm. put them together, and then has a conversation between them and their higher self. So it'll be like, me... (laughs) I'm scared to feel hopeful. Higher self. Fear makes the past repeat itself. Hope uses a past as a teaching mechanism to create a different future. Or silly things like <laughs> me. I'm so in my feelings right now. Sad face. Higher self. Your feelings look beautiful on you. Oh. <laughs> I know. And so they just take, um, uh, this artist just takes all of our inner monologue and, 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 like translates them to what our higher head and health, heart work self would say. Um, and I find them really refreshing considering Instagram and social media can be pretty bleak these days. Yep. And I, I find them visually charming and innocent and hopeful and um, unique. I'm just a huge fan of their work, and I want to um, get them on the podcast someday.
1: That's so great. this is
0: the Instagram account is Bunny Michaels, B u n n y m i c k C-H-A-E-L. I'll link to it on our social media uh, later this week.
1: Amazing. I love that.
0: Yeah, it's super charming. You should follow them. Super cute. Oh, and we definitely need to shout out everyone who has subscribed to support us on our Patreon. Oh, my God. I know. Sam and I are so tickled and so grateful. Yeah. Actually, this week, we're going to release our very first Patreon episode. Yes, we are. If you want some extra Just Break Up in Your Life, you can pay $5 a month um, and get an extra episode every week from me and Sam.
1: Absolutely. We're going to try and answer questions from patrons on that episode so you would also be able to submit a letter through that right. and you could uh, hear it read and responded to on the Patreon episode. Yeah.
0: And we'll probably just dive a little bit deeper into um, embarrassing stories from yeah, our if past. Yeah, if we
1: don't get letters, like we're just <laughs> going to shoot the shit and yeah. like, make ourselves look stupid. <laughs> Rants
0: about like the Hogwarts houses and yes. as they compare to astrological signs. <laughs> oh, we
1: could do a, I could write a dissertation about that. <laughs>
0: All right, so you can support us on our Patreon at patreon.com backslash JustBreakUpPod.
1: Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JustBreakUpPod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is where you can also find our merchandise. You definitely want to send a loved one home with a block, block, block dad hat (laughs) this holiday season.
1: Yes, you do. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star reading and review. This help us, helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music recording producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, guess what? You're better than what they told you. You can do more than what you thought you could. There is more available to you than what that person said. And what they told you was to keep you small and obedient and submissive. Shift your thinking now, today. I am worth everything. I am a whole, messy, beautiful person who deserves love, happiness, no matter how many times I fart in public or trip on a banana peel or tell someone I love them only to have them not return it. I'm still just as good as the day I was born. And if all else fails.
1: Just break up.